deep inside Casa de Sheen. I feel like Colonel Kurtz going upriver. No, Colonel Kurtz didn't go upriver. I feel like his father going upriver to get Colonel Kurtz. Uh, Angie and I have been here about, I don't know, about half hour, 40 minutes, and uh doesn't really seem to be any urgency on anyone's part to sit down and actually have this podcast. But everybody's very friendly. We've met um, nice people. It's not as bananas as you may think. It's super laid back and chill. So uh, this will be about an hour. We'll get this in the books. Waiting for Charlie to get some food and, uh, as he put it, a snack. So uh, that could really mean anything. And then uh, we're going to do it. But so far, he and I met on The Tonight Show. Uh, we both love baseball. I love platoon. And uh, I like hot shots and, uh, and other gems. And we're going to talk about all that. And uh, it'll be fun. He's, uh, he's definitely an interesting guy, as you know. Otherwise, you wouldn't be listening to this. Uh, thank you. And uh, we'll be with you in a minute. Put your name on it. Just put your name on it. That's all I say. Be a man or a woman. Put your name on it. Oh, I'd like to hear about it, potheads. How the fuck you gonna know how to be great if you don't study greatness? Look at the game tape. Donuts. Oh, yeah. You know, you're not a bad looking man, Mr. Gals. But you are, Blanche. You are in that chair. There's something wrong with us. Something very, very wrong with us. Oh, hey, buddy. Oh, yeah. You're not a bad-looking man, Mr. Garrison. I get out of here, and I'm going to come see you. Can you name that? Hold the mic up to your mouth. Can you, that would going, be Kevin going. Bacon from JFK. How many? Am I right or wrong? You're right, and we're Thank going you. right now, just so okay, you know. Good, good, Is good. there uh, Oh, we're not going yet? We're going? All right. Are what roles did you ever turn down that went on to be huge roles, and you went, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I passed on that one? Um, huh. There's a couple that involve uh, Woody Harrelson. Really? Yes. Yeah, I turned down White Man Can't Jump. Why? Because they can't. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and that was a mistake. I turned down Indecent Proposal. Because uh, if I'm going to give up my wife for a million bucks, I'm not going to trade it for like a little freaking plastic elephant at the end or whatever the hell that thing was, right? You turned down White Men Can't Jump. <laughs> yes. Uh, and that was like a star-making thing for him. Yeah. When you it watch was, it on yeah. TV, do you go, well, I guess when you, you really are the guy... My my wife texted me this uh, just now. She said, Bob Fosse said, what is it? Dance like no one's watching. Yes. Yeah. Uh, how's the rest of it go? Um, sing like no one's listening. So, I'm, and I'm live like you're going to die or something like yeah, that. Yeah, there you go. Nice. You've obviously conquered the last one. Thank you. <laughs> but where do you come out? We're not on confused the... on that front. No. 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 But I will say this, too. The people uh, listening, quarter of a million people, thereabouts, uh, I got to tell you, what struck me when I first came into your house Big wheels, bikes. Right, right. Toys golf. everywhere. I yeah, know, toys yeah. everywhere. Super mellow. Thank you. There's uh, people making food. If I can describe a little bit of what's going on. Please, go ahead. Uh, can I say? Absolutely. Yeah, hell yeah. Uh, Gil, uh, maybe, yeah. maybe Israeli Secret Service, maybe a member of the Mossad. If he tells us, guess what happens to us? We're no, we don't we tell anybody. don't tell anybody, yeah. It dies with yeah. us. 
Yeah. Uh, it's a very mellow spot. And you came down. You look super handsome. You look good. It's <laughs> Thank obviously you. you're not like a, a, a shaky, drunken, no. cracked out mess <laughs> that everyone thinks you are. And Yet. today on the phone, Chaluch, I said to you, everyone talks to you about the crazy stuff, like the bipolar and like the drugs. No one ever asks you about acting. And right. you, it was like such an honest response. You went, no, they really don't. No. Like it all, It seemed like it bothered you. It does a little bit because not, not to sound arrogant, but just to like read a resume. I've done like, including cameos, over 60 movies and three, on my third TV show. And it's like there's a lot of stuff there to, to discuss that I think is interesting as hell. Yeah, uh, but people don't see it as uh, as as mercurial, as inflammatory, as uh, you know. What's the old expression? If it if it, if it bleeds, it leads. You know. Yeah, don't, don't you know? It doesn't sell papers. The fact that you know <laughs> you were in terminal velocity isn't as interesting as what's going on in that house. Right, right. It's crazy. Then, then, yeah, There's it's a redhead as, room. As, as Jaymore's wife is in charge of the redhead room. Right, right. As achieving terminal velocity. Just in my life, yeah. They want to talk about that, not the movie. The movie was a disaster, by the way. Did you you really sky, sky dove, sky no, dived? No, no doving or diving. Um, no, nah. It looked like you. Well, uh, yeah, no. It was me against the blue screen with like seventeen Ritters on me. Those are those giant wind machines. I thought it was John know. and Jason. <laughs> that is <laughs> wow. <laughs> you got to expect. I walked the ball. right into that, man. Expect the ball when you're in the paint. I love it, man. I love it. Damn. I'm like magic running the floor. If you're in the paint. Expect the ball. Triple teamed. You're that good, aren't you? I'm all right. Wow. I'm not. I don't have the Charlie Sheen money. I can't walk away from two million a week. I'd like to make two million a year. You I, son of a bitch. I, I didn't walk away from it. I was traded. You were traded to yeah. a, a team that respects your service. Like yes. Hanley Ramirez going to the Dodgers. Thank you. Yeah. And for all you British people and Australian people listening, just bear with us. Just get the reference. Like I got traded to a place where I get emails from people going, I don't get the sports talk. I'm in England. Well, then fucking sit this part out. Thank you. Or do your do a little research, buddy. Uh, yeah, right. Hanley Ramirez. The guy's yeah. a goddamn perennial MVP candidate Hell until yeah. he uh, ran into the buzzsaw of Miami boredom. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I actually met him. I went to a game during my crazy tour about a year ago. Nicest guy in the world. And um, saw Josh Johnson pitch his last game before he got hurt. He came back recently, right? Big kid. I think the most um, uh, underrated and, and, and the quietest potential Cy Young uh, threat in baseball. Josh, Josh Johnson, Johnson. Period. The end. Yeah. Another guy who's going to win a Cy Young. I know we're, we're not onto baseball yet. Is a kid for Cincy named Homer Bailey. I like Homer Bailey, Watch. but I don't think you can win a Cy Young in that park. There's too many long balls. They just yeah, fly out of there like true. Coors Field. This is true. Speaking yeah. of baseball, Charlie, I know you're a big baseball fan. I am. Pepsi Max sponsors us. Oh, uh, I was just at um, I was at the fan cave. They have a whole display. That they do the fan cave, don't they? Yeah, at the All Star yeah. Game and all yeah, that, yeah, and they yeah, have yeah. the whole thing of the Field of Dreams contest where they got uh, an American League Dream Team: Yogi Berra, Frank Thomas, Rod Carew. Cal Ripken Jr. Huh? It'd be weird if they had Cal Sr. <laughs> Billy Ripken. Right. <laughs> Jr. Uh, Mr. October, of okay. course. Ricky. Ricky Henderson, my all-time favorite player. Jim Palmer, Dennis Eckersley. Paul Mahler. That's the American League team okay. that fans voted in. Wow. They are actually going to play with a guy, Johnny Parati, from Rochester, New York. Like okay. him and all of his friends get to play with these people. And then the National League guy, Stephen Catchmark, uh, from Washington D.C. So there's no Reds on this team. I'm sorry. Johnny, How is that possible? I don't know. But listen, where who's would you, my second baseman? If it ain't, if it ain't Joe Morgan, Ryan Sandberg. Uh, you got to go, Joe Morgan. You're mm. right. Uh, Johnny Bench. Sandberg's pretty good though. Dan Musial, not Joe Morgan. Andre Dawson, Randy Johnson. Well, the National League wins just because of Randy Johnson. Yeah, he eliminates Mr. October. 
Ricky's dumb enough to not hit him, and Ricky's dumb enough to just hit him for no reason. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, you know, Ricky's the only guy who is a position player who actually um, throws um, left, strictly left, and um, obviously strictly left, and, George, and bats strictly right. I think George Brett batted left and threw right. But Since, Ricky throws left. Yeah, and Randy, right. he's the only he's position the guy. Only guy. Randy yeah. Johnson's, I think, the only other guy at the time when this question was going around. Randy Johnson was the only other guy, but he wasn't a position player. He threw left and batted right. The You're big right. unit batting You're with right. his mullet. I met Yogi Berra recently. I went to the Hall of Fame for Barry Larkin's induction ceremony. It was awesome. And my favorite moment was I, I come down in the lobby and it's just, it is just a, it's it's a, it's a it's a lobby of dreams, right? Sure. And George Brett walks right up to me. You mentioned George. He says, hey, Charlie, George Brad, good to see you again. We met at Reggie's thing years ago, and he says, hey, Whitey Ford wants to meet you. I don't care who you are. When George Brad walks up and says, Whitey Ford wants to meet you, it's like, that's a moment you hang on to. Yeah. Forever. So Whitey Ford and I are taking a photo, right? And someone says, hey, put Yogi in the photo. He's in a chair behind us like Yoda, right? This guy had 350 <laughs> bombs, and he's like two feet tall. In a, in a, not in a hitter's park, right? Most RBIs in World Series history. Hey, it's how many rings? 11? 10? Thereabouts. He doesn't have enough fingers for the rings, right? So they say, hey, put Yogi in the picture, and... <laughs> promise you whitey puts his, whispers into my ear only good looking guys in this photo <laughs> i own that moment do you know whitey's real name i don't you got me ed wow i only know it because i have a baseball signed by the 1956 yankees oh wow elston howard first black yankee wow obviously mickey mantle all the guys yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. phil yeah, rizzuto well. and he signed ed ford wow i thought that was so I tight love that i love shortest that. pitcher in the hall of, who cares shortest pitcher in the hall of fame um, is it, no, I'm telling you, it's him. Oh, <laughs> it's the only pitcher under six feet in the Hall of Fame. Seriously, uh, but yeah, about going back to the acting thing. What I want to know about, first of all, Platoon, one of my all-time favorite movies. Thank and, you, uh, Thank Barringer. You. Well, I'd like to hear about it. Potheads is in the opening credits of this podcast. People just heard it. Seriously, yeah. And you and you run that that just that little quote always, and a lot it. of other stuff. You know, I got. Uh, well, you'll hear it one day. So. You know what he used as the inspiration for all the hatred in that role? Barringer? Yeah. What? A divorce he was going through. Is that real? Yeah. And the interesting thing is we shot the movie in continuity, and people that don't really understand how movies are made, they should know that films are never shot in order, ever. Right? So you know? it's, yeah, it's always the last scene first. Your first day, you get a love scene. You're like, oh, great. First, <laughs> first day, you're naked. Nice to meet you. Yeah, Hi, nice how are you? Sorry, I don't like my Wow, I just ate a yeah. lot of garlic. Let's make out. Um, so... so, so because we shot it in, in, in order, um, you know, scene one to all the way to the end, um, a, 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 as people died, they got sent back to the States. So the scene, the, the, the bar scene after work became like three guys, me, no, four guys, Ivan Kane, me, um, a Behringer, and this kid named, um, he, he was the lead singer of Living Color, Courtney. Um, Corey, Corey Glover. Glover. Yeah, man, bitchin' dude. People don't realize, like, Johnny Depp only spoke Vietnamese in that movie. I know, I know. Gun type of day, yeah, I know, yeah. right? So, um, so the bar scene got really kind of creepy and not fun, you know. And Barringer would keep his uh, scar makeup on after work. So he'd be sitting there in, in civvies, but with that face, talking about deep, dark hatred. Where did you shoot it? In the Philippines. How long were you there? Three months. That's just enough time to go insane, completely like PBR Street Gang, going up the river to get Colonel Kurtz. Exactly, man. It's Almighty, Almighty. Do you copy? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. And so Barringer stayed in character the whole time? Yes. Like, yeah. he's just laying at a Motel 6 in, in the Philippines. <laughs> Pretty much. Let's go Puerto Azul. Y'all talking about killing? Y'all experts? Gosh. Well, I'd like to hear about it, potheads. 
He's you, so good in the movie. He's so scary. Um, you were great in the movie, and thank I think you. it's an underrated performance. The scene where uh, you pull the cross-eyed, kind of half-legged, almost um, special yeah. boy out of the hole, and yeah. you go, dance, motherfucker, dance! And then you have a complete breakdown, and you go, why, did, why didn't you just answer me, man? Why the fuck didn't you just... I just watched that. I got goosebumps. I just watched that like two weeks ago on YouTube. And I, I, it's one of those movies, like Goodfellas, the more you watch it, you catch more shit. Right on. Like, you had a full fucking meltdown. Yeah. Did you, were you, are you that good an actor, or was a part of you just eroding away at that point um, in the movie? I, I, I felt so bad for that kid, because he was that. That's how the gook laughs. I bet he's crying his gook heart out for Sal and Manny. I bet you the old bitch runs the whole operation. <laughs> Probably cut my balls off. She had half the chance. Unbelievable. Wow. Do her, man. Do her. Jesus. That was such a hard scene to do because the the, the kid was retarded and had a floating eye. And he, he really was a special oh, yeah. boy. Yeah. There was no anything about that. What's casting like, like when you when you send out a, a cattle Another call? Like in, the break, in the breakdown. <laughs> in the breakdown. Looking for special boys with cross-eyed, one leg uh, preferable. Yeah. Yeah. Who will dance or at least hop to some machine gun fire. Um, will you dance to an M16? <laughs> Can you? Are you willing? Is it yeah. under special skills on your special boy resume? Please call Oliver Stone at 900. The guy, like, that, could he process that, like, a movie was happening? Or did he really think, like, the invasion was happening again? I don't know. I don't know. But really? there was something about him that was so innocent and so vulnerable. And I just, I felt so bad even doing this fake. Even fictionally creating this. Well, was he really special? Yeah. And yeah. you had to slap him in the face, right? Yeah. yeah like, why cool. didn't you answer me? Why didn't you answer yeah. me? Yeah. But here's the good news. Uh, I mean, not the, it's better news. I, um, I, I gave the guy, like, two grand at the end of the day. In um, whatever the Filipino, uh, and then he combed his hair with it. Pretty much, no, he. Uh, <laughs> that's <terrible>. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's awesome. No, and he just his mom was there, and she was so appreciative. That's like that's like ten years' salary for their whole family, you know. I just have my pretty mom, and I've been building it up because nowhere to shop really out there in the jungle, unless you're buying freaking, you know. Dead, tiger blood. Dead VCs and tiger blood. <laughs> tiger blood. No tiger blood in here, I see. No, man. And no Adonis DNA. People no. didn't realize you were quoting shit from other movies. What's that? Wasn't tiger blood from uh, Apocalypse Now? No. Um, tiger blood is... Um, I don't know where the hell it came from. Uh, it was interesting, though, that, that that whole crazy tour that I went on did have Apocalypse as its driving force at its epicenter, you know? Um and I guess that the, the connection with the tiger and apocalypse, fucking tiger, right? I'm sorry, yeah. we can't swear on this. Never get out. No, you can swear all you want. Okay. Um, it's the internet, just, baby. That was just um, a coincidence, you know. Never get out of the goddamn boat. Yeah, absolutely. Goddamn right. That's Kurt's right. Kurt's off the boat. He split from the whole, God, whole fucking program, right? Have you ever seen The Mother Wolf? That's a great movie. <laughs> My parents took me to see Apocalypse Now in the theater. I was eight years old in Bayville, New Jersey at the Jersey Shore. They couldn't wow. get a babysitter, so they brought me along. It's 79? Yeah, they brought me along to see Apocalypse Now, and I think Stripes was either that summer or the next one. So wow. I saw, and I remember none of Apocalypse Now really, I found that troubling, and I, right. for some reason I got it all. Right, right. But at the end when they slaughtered the ox, I was like, what the fuck yeah. is going on around here? It was a caribou, yeah. And that oh, was, caribou. the, um, the Ifigao tribe were playing the Montagnards, his, his, you know, uh, slapped together army, and, uh, and that was a, that was an actual ceremony that they were going to do. And Francis was like, fine, then I'm going to have Martin kill Brando with that weapon, and we're going to put the whole thing symbolically like the sacrificial cow, you know? How much, when you're doing a movie like Platoon, how much in your head is like every other war movie? Is it hard to block that out, or is that, that character, you know what, I'm going to take that question back. Okay. Your Honor, I withdraw that question, <laughs> it's stupid. 
Because your character in Platoon has the best voiceovers, where if you probably read the script, just the voiceover alone really steers you into where you need to go. Like wow. At the end, when you say, sometimes I feel like I was born of both men, two fathers. Yeah. And so both guys are basically battling for your soul, and you're yeah. caught in the middle. Yeah. Did you... You're not a guy that stays in character. Mm-mm. No. No, I had too much work. <laughs> you can't hit the bar and have any fun if you're like that guy from that from the day, you know. Well, I mean, Barringer did, and no one was gonna, you know, alter his uh, feelings about that. <laughs> That's just who he had to be. And look at the work, though. Look at the work. Oscar nominated. Yeah, he should have won. Um, how about Apocalypse loses Best Picture to Kramer versus Kramer? How about? Uh, <laughs> how I mean, about- come on, man. How a Goodfellas lost to Dances with Wolves. Yikes. And great ra- film. I mean, yeah, but not Goodfellas. Know, I've only seen three of the if seven a- hours, yeah, but it's what I saw the three I enjoyed. Ken, Ken Burns enjoyed. presents oh Dances with Wolves. <laughs> I love that. And uh, the other one is Raging Bull lost to Ordinary People. But Ordinary People is extraordinary. It is extraordinary. And think about the time it came out. You know, films are not asking audiences to take that kind of a journey with them like they did for Ordinary People. And, and even Kramer versus Kramer. Had brilliant performances, but it didn't really, it didn't capture the smell of napalm in the morning, did it? <laughs> no. What's it you smell know, like? One day I had a hill bomb. When I walked up, we didn't find one of them. One stinking gook body. But that smell, the gasoline smelled the whole hill. Smelled like... That chopper goes back. Victory. <laughs> Someday this war is going to end. His last line in the movie is, Someday this war is going to end. Dot, Duvall. dot, dot. And, and ellipses, like, right? Yeah, and Dad goes, someday this war's going to end. That's it. fine with the boys in the boat. You know, I mean, it's just... I've seen the Bible like 175 well, sure, times. I would hope so. Can you kind of show you one thing? Can you hold on? Yeah. Charlie's going to get something to blow our minds. I don't know what he's going to get. But, you know, you can get... Why not do it now? We're waiting for Charlie to come in from the other room. Go to uh, jmore.com, click the Amazon link, and you can buy... Oh, my God, it's an army helmet. Willard's helmet. Buy an army helmet on Amazon.com. Hold on, Charlotte. Buy. Go to Amazon.com through jmore.com and buy yourself an army helmet. Look at Captain this. Willard's helmet from Apocalypse. said Miller. I was like, no, are you Willard. out of your mind? Willard. Uh, <laughs> bitching, dude. Feel the, vibe, feel the vibe coming off of that thing, huh? There's a lot of angst in this helmet, bro. This is like wow. a talisman. Uh, Charlie just handed me his father's helmet from Apocalypse Now. <laughs> Captain Willard's. The bars in the front. <laughs> it's too good, right? Bro, this there's, is, there's it's got one. like a whammy on it. There's one, yeah. There's one? There's one, that's it. Emilio, sneaky bastard, had it for 15 years, didn't tell anybody. Emilio's not the brightest bulb on the tree. Let's, well, I just had him on the phone as Christopher Walken for 20 minutes. That was epic, bro. That was epic. You know, he goes, this isn't Christopher Walken, this isn't Christopher Walken, and then finally he goes, I go, we've never met. And he goes, actually, we did. And I go, I don't remember that. And he goes, yeah, and he named some restaurant. Oh, my God. And he went through the whole thing. I go, yeah, you probably caught me between courses and bottles of wine. Yeah, awesome. And he goes, yeah, yeah. And, he, and I felt bad because I had him so bad. <laughs> He's so sweet. You had him really bad, dude. Wow. Well done. Anyway, we're talking about Apocalypse. I, I'm honored to be able to present such an absolute bitchin'. I will say this. In all my problem. time being in people's homes where they have stuff. Uh-huh. That is the single coolest thing I've ever had. I got it beat. Really? I got it beat, yeah. You sounded like De Niro. Little bit. I got it nah, beat. Jimmy, little bit. You got a little out of line yourself, Billy. Little out of line yourself. Uh, Fuck that guy, wrecked my party. <laughs> fucking right, right away, Jimmy, getting fucking fresh. What are you feeling, fucking strong? Isn't it, doesn't it suck that, like, De Niro films used to be events? Now yeah. they're sequels. <laughs> you know what I mean? what, well, you did sequels. You did Hot Shots. Well, I'm not De Niro, man. I mean, what the hell, right? 
Did you? But don't tell me when you were doing Red Dawn, you didn't see into the future, thinking you had a shot to being De Niro. I, 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 I your thought... ego's too big for that <laughs> thought to have not have crossed your mind. It crossed mine. Um, I would have been fine just being uh, Pat Swayze at that point, you know. All right, but Who was you with me? I know, but you doing Red Dawn. Right. When you looked at the guys ahead of you, there's. I'm guessing you had to have thought, "I'm going to be the next." Blank. I'll you were you, hot shit. I'll tell you what I thought. You I, are hot I, shit. I appreciate that. Thank you. No, I um, I used to hang out with the with the Brat Pack before I was an actor with Emilio, Andrew, Judd, Rob, Ali. Somehow met? Andrew McCarthy got in there. He was the uh, he was available that day. Uh, he was the Joey Bishop of the. Uh, thank you. That's brilliant. That's perfect. Yes. <laughs> I couldn't think of Lawford, so yeah, I had to go Bishop. For I wanted Lawford I'm more. Him. Is Lawford <laughs> in the? He's he's Ocean's, Ocean's Eleven. Yeah. I don't know. Is he in the garbage truck at the end with Sammy Davis? I don't recall. Wow. How bad is that movie? Both the recent one and the old one. They all just pose. Norman <laughs> Fell has posing shots. Norman <laughs> Fell's like doing fucking Stanley Roper into the camera. He's in that movie? Yeah. Norman Fell. I love it, man. I love it. What was uh, I going to say? Um, what were we talking about a second ago? Uh, we can edit all any weird shit out, so don't sweat it. We'll come around to it. We were talking about other weird shit. Cool sh You have oh, this beat. I got that beat. I can go upstairs right now and bring down um, Babe Ruth's 27 World Series ring. That's and, cool. This helmet's cooler to me, though. Uh, okay. All right. Cool. That's fine. But 27 Yankees, greatest team ever. Ruth, greatest season ever. It's one ring. There's one in the world. That's it. I have it. I'll show it to you. And I also have the contract, the Yankee copy, the sold to the freaking uh, Yankees. People get on the Red Sox so he's trying for to selling. Play cool. He's dying to see it. He's trying to play it cool. No, I want to see it, but I, I got a ton of shit I want to ask you about. Sure. And I don't want to waste your time. Uh, people get on the Red Sox for selling Babe Ruth, but like the owner of the Red Sox became like a fucking millionaire. <laughs> was it No No Nanette? The yes, play he exactly put him on play. Yeah. He sold Babe Ruth yeah. to fund his play on right. Broadway, and the guy became like a mogul. So it worked out great for him. I mean, Red Sox fans didn't work out so good for them. Yeah, they weren't in that in that uh, profit pool, were they? No. <laughs> the No No Nanette profit pool. <laughs> he should have given them like VIP passes. Something. Anything. Take the chain down from Boston. Come see a nice show. See? <laughs> uh, after Platoon, you inexplicably oh, followed. Oh, oh, oh I'm talking about the Brat Pack. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so I was not an actor and I'd, I'd go out with these guys and they would get all the chicks, all the free meals, all the booze. I'm just like 17 and a ball player, like looking around going, huh, am I going to ride the bus in, 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 in freaking, um, you know, Madison, Wisconsin for 10 years and never make the show? Or am I going to jump into something I can really fucking potentially have a shot at, you know? And I, I decided not, not during a movie, but at those dinners when I got ignored like somebody's leprosy riddled stepchild, you know, uh, I was going to eclipse all these guys. So it was a competition. That's when I made the decision, yeah. And it, did, it started as a competition. Yeah, cause I didn't care about my craft or my thing. Blah, blah. It was all about like women and money. <laughs> Uh, it still care? is. It still is. It, well, yeah. <laughs> still I mean, is. Sorry, it is. Women and money. Was there who, a who, who, Why do people become famous? Because you want attention. Money and a bunch of hot chicks, First right? you get the bitches. Then you get... What is it? What's the rap oh, song? Says, first uh, you, get the, first money, you get the money. Then you get the bitches. Then, no, then you get the power. And then you get the pussy. Yeah. Something it's, like it's, that. It's first you get the money. Then you get the power. Then you get the women. Yeah. Power before women, right? Yeah. Was there ever... I, I went oh, to Columbia recently, right? Just because I always wanted to see it. A friend of mine said that... Uh, the, the, when, the country? Yeah, country Columbia. Yeah. the college? The country. And my, 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 my girlfriend said that when... Uh, our girlfriend of mine said... She's a comedian. She says when um, Charlie Sheen left Columbia, they just renamed it Charlie Sheen. <laughs> this is so silly. Charlie Sheen doesn't need oxygen or food. He just 
Just cocaine. Um, How much of your money did you see in Colombia? Did you see, like, nice new parks named after you? Um, <laughs> there was one, but it was in Spanish. I couldn't interpret it, you know. Um, but the seesaw, the Sheen. The seesaw was nice. Um, <laughs> yeah, you can, you can make chunky rails on a seesaw. <laughs> I like to think the embassy, you know, the embassy goes, Mr. Sheen, we are so indebted to you. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> oh, Mr. Sheen. You should Not see our, you should see our new sports arena that you paid for. <laughs> Columbia is a beautiful place. Was um, there a time in your career where it was about the craft? Yes. There had yeah. to have been a window between. Yeah, I start, I, I, I'm, I'm one of these weird guys that actually watches my work so I can like learn from it and be better, right. you know? Uh, on, I, Platoon, I, I, certainly, you must have watched and went, whoa, I'm tapping up against some great shit. I thought here. I had three moments. I had three moments. Did I name one of them? Sure. Oh, oh, did 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 you or can you? Just now, did I name with when with yeah. the special boy? Was yeah. that one of the ones? One of them. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. The other one is a very is a sort of a private moment, and it was because Oliver is Oliver's gnarly. He's such a uh, Oliver Stone. Yeah. He's like the greatest head coach. For those coach of you that, that you, are somehow didn't follow that, he's the greatest head coach that you hate all year long until Bill you're Parcells. celebrating celebrating the freaking championship. You Bill know? Parcells. Thank you. Thank you. He um, one day he got so mad at me uh, for doing I don't know what. That he put me in the background of a scene that he knew was not going to be in the movie. I don't think there was film in the camera, right? And this this kid played a character named Ace. He was a um, he carried a prick twenty five for Behringer. Remember the kid Ace mm -hmm. in the movie, right? Yeah. And he's got me literally uh, carrying water pails on the end of each stick strung across my shoulders, right? And it weighs like ninety pounds. I'm like a buck forty at the time. And he's got me literally going through the background <laughs> of a four page monologue. And he, and he and he yells at me in front of everyone. He says. What the hell was that? You look like, like freaking Mark Hamill back there. And I said, thank you. I'm a huge Star Wars fan. Right on. He couldn't insult me. I wouldn't let him. You know, you look like Mark Hamill back there. <laughs> what the hell does that mean? Nice pull. Unbelievable. Another film I didn't do. Wait, well, what were the moments in Platoon? Oh, Not oh, carrying water. But maybe he got in your head in the old Buddhist version of chop wood, carry water. That, that's it. Pre-enlightenment and post-enlightenment, right? Right, yeah. That's what we still it's do. It's a journey, bro. Or at least hire someone to do it. So, hire someone um, to be enlightened for you. Thank you. Because they're going to chop wood and carry water better than me, right? May, I don't know how. I've never seen you chop wood, Charlie. I don't do it. Come you're on. no, you're no, no wood I, chuck. I am can a you wood chuck wood? Can I wood? What, can you chuck wood I like a wood chuck? chuck. <laughs> you can throw some ass. I know that. So check it. So there's a scene where I have to, I, I'm hidden behind some thing, and there's a guy coming out of a spider hole, right? i got to throw a grenade and blow his ass up, right? All I was like, he's a big baseball player from Malibu. You're going to go pro. Let's see. Put the grenade right in the hole, pussy. Put the grenade in the hole. Do it in one take. Didn't one take. That's why when I when you see me on camera going, you go, holy shit. That was not about killing the guy as a character. That was about like beating Oliver in the moment. Really? Hell yeah! And it's in the movie. It's pretty cool, right? That's really cool. But I'm surprised after watching Platoon, you, that didn't feed your ego of like, wow, I'm good. This is good um, shit. Because it's the it, movie it, itself. It, you were. A it fueled the, the the part of me that's totally grandiose. Well, sure. I, I'm okay with being grandiose because I have a grandiose life, you know. Right. Um, it fueled the part of me that that suddenly was like. I go to the bathroom at the West, in, in a theater in Westwood. First week it opens and there's Rob Reiner saying, you're a genius. When can we meet? That movie's not even finished yet. So moments like that were starting to happen. And then I have an office at Orion at the time and I brought him Spider-Man. <laughs> and I said, look, in a couple of years I'm, be, I'm, true story, too old to play Pete, Pete Parker, right? They said, yeah, we're just thinking that maybe cartoons are not the future. You know, comic books are not the future. And I was like, but it's Spider-Man and I'm perfect and, you so want you to guys play Spider-Man? Hell yeah, I brought it to them. And they were like, nah, we're going to wait. Did you have the rights to it? Uh, I, I, I had a guy in my pocket that was going to give them to me. Yeah, definitely. And yeah. back then, nobody knew it was going to be what it is today. They didn't know Sons shit. of yeah, bitches. It, you know, know, people go like, well, you know, what do they know? It really is like, 
when the fans complain about their favorite team and you go, I could do a better job running the Jets than Mike Tannenbaum. Right. I, you know what? I could. I really could. Yeah, a lot of people can. <laughs> I yeah. actually could. I'd yeah. have an offensive line so Mark Sanchez didn't run for his life. I wouldn't bring in Tebow. I would have drafted, drafted Courtney Upshaw. Right. Because if you're going to take an outside linebacker, don't take him in the fucking third round if it's a need. Okay. Anyway. You know but, baseball like you know football. I mean, I'm football like you know baseball. I know basketball, football, and baseball. Wow, because I don't know baseball. Baseball I know the most. Yeah, me too. Yeah, it's got the most lore, doesn't it? Well, yeah, it's the mm. only one that really matters as as the fabric. Like, I think it goes Thank back. You. It's the old, like, father and son shit. Yes. Like, it, it touches at your heart because you throw the ball with your dad. And like any drunk assholes on the beach, they buy a football at the 76th station and they go across the street to, you know, Malibu Creek and they throw right. it. But okay. it's not the same as no. the intimacy of having a glove and getting it to fit your hand yeah. and sleeping on it. With shaving cream and glavolium and the ball in there and yeah. the belt and the thing. And the, what, so belt, you, what belt did you have wrapped in your glove? I had a... I had like a, um, I had sadly like a, um, that jeans company that was really big in the mid eighties. What, uh, they did your mitt? No, they did the belt I had to wrap around the glove to break in the mitt. What, Jordash or something? Um, something like that. Fidel Sasson. Something like Jordash. Sergio uh, Valenti. Polo. It was a polo belt, actually. Polo? <laughs> you bought that at the merry-go-round at the mall? Exactly. When you're on the road in the Philippines? Yes. Speaking of, speaking of playing catch, father, son, um, Dad has a heart attack during the apocalypse. You know this, right? Yeah, I want to know where the dailies are of fucking Keitel or, as Willard. Thank you. Where are they? Look, never get out of the goddamn boat. <laughs> it is such a different movie with him, isn't it? But has anyone seen those dailies? You know what? I can get them. He was there a long time. He, he was, was there, there like a, over a month. Weeks, yeah. 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 And it just, what, he just... He, you know why Francis fired him? No. He's in the water. He's like, <laughs> he's got something going on and he screams to Francis in front of everybody, you wouldn't treat Brando like this. The next day, he was on a plane. And then Francis flew to L.A., met my dad at the airport, that famous story, you know? Yeah. Dad flew from Italy, doing a movie. We were all over in Rome for called the Cassandra Crossing. I have a daughter named Cassandra, kind of weird. Um, and they met at the airport in five minutes and said, all right, I'll see you in the Philippines. See you in the Philippines. Dad's like, okay. So dad has his heart attack, and um, we're all told it's exhaustion, blah, 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 and we know it's not. So we, we How old are you when this happens? Uh, Ten. So you're hip too, and were you always close with your dad? Hey, yeah, yeah, big time. Yeah, I still okay. am. And he, um, I met your dad a couple times. Good dude, I, right? Yeah, he, he's one of those guys with that weird that light around him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, man, a super calming, all, like a guy. Like if you, if a ship was sinking, he'd go, "Look, the ship's going to go down. We got this. We're going to drown. We got this, and then we die. Yeah, and you go, fine. oh, that's it. Sure, thank you, Jim Jones. I mean, Martin Sheen. Um, <laughs> Yeah, children, uh, please. If we can live in dignity, we can die with it. Please, wow, children. That, from that movie. Yeah, you're an encyclopedia, bro. This of is not, crazy. Of, of nonsense. Wow. Oh, so we land the other day. I fly into this thing. I won't get totally off track. And we land. Everybody's like, "Hey, great landing!" And and, and I say to the whole plane, "Welcome to Italy." <laughs> Nobody got the reference, dude. You get it, right? No. Stripes. Oh yeah. Sergeant Holcomb, yeah. welcome to Italy. Remember? They call like, me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> welcome to Italy. That's really when Stripes. They should have trimmed the last 20 minutes maybe, off of Stripes. Maybe, but God, man. That my is... friends in my car club call me the cruiser. <laughs> you should have called him the dork. <laughs> I got my ass kicked in Milwaukee. I love that line, man. <laughs> so what movies were you in between? Give give us when you thought, when it was kind of about your craft for a little while. What movies um, are we talking about? 
I did a uh, before Platoon. I actually did a, a little cameo. I'm sure you know in Ferris Bueller's. You know. Yeah. And there was something about that. Like I, I, I remember doing it, and and all the choices being what I saw on screen. Does that make sense to you? Yes. Instead of being totally surprised by stuff that I was in a blackout for, not a blackout by drugs, but a blackout by nerves. Yeah. People got to understand. Like at this level, there's things you can that you can go through. You do not remember because of the adrenaline, the excitement, the pressure. You're walking off stage doing stand up. There's ten minutes that you say that are gone. Yeah, that you just made up. I mean, when you had Jeff Ross on your tour, and Jeff yeah. Ross is pulling people out of the audience and roasting them, he doesn't remember what the hell he said. No, but I guarantee you, it was brilliant. Yeah, it was brilliant. But it was, it's yeah. gone. He said it's gone. He brings people along. Did FEMA dress you? <laughs> that line. Did FEMA dress you? Wow. This crazy Jeff's a, Walter, Jeff's a brilliant, brilliant man. Yeah, for a Walter Matthau impersonator. Um, wow, he looks like him. You're right. I love Jeff. He's One of my best, oldest friends, actually. He's the best. Wow, good for so, you. So in Ferris Bueller. When oh, you're I saw looking at. I went, okay, you know, there's a choice I made, and that kind of works. And then, I got to tell you, man, the late great John Hughes. Uh, I only worked with him for one day, and it was one of the best days I've ever had on a movie set. I was three hours late, dude. Three hours late. I was like, had to leave. I stayed in my mom's apartment in Santa Monica. I was 19 years old, and uh, I knew the guy was supposed to be tired and drug addict because I think his name was like Garth Volbeck or something, right? <laughs> Not the credits. Check, <laughs> Sergeant Holka. Check, yeah, Holka. But check that for me. All um, right. And so I, I, I did that mistake, that rookie freaking mistake of. Going to sleep at like 4 a.m. to get up at 5. Woke up at 8. <laughs> Had to go down to Long Beach. Still driving myself back then, obviously. But Jennifer Gray, who I knew from Red Dawn, got me the part, right? And she's in front of my trailer, man. OTR, out of her mind, like this little five-foot bulldog. You've ruined the movie. What's wrong with you? I put you up to this great director, and you show up to us. I'm like, hey, 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 man. Everything's cool, you know? Jammed her a little while later, but we'll get back to that. Um, so, um, and one of the best of all time. Really? One of the best of all time, yeah. And so... Um, <laughs> Wow. I, I come Who on the ever set. would have thought that? I come on the set, and John Hughes says, hey, man, good to see you. You know what? You're late. Whatever. It's all good. You're here now. Let's start. You're here now. Let's start. And that's... I, I, it's I very sort of, Buddhist. It's way Buddhist, but it's, it's, it's totally practical. Yeah. Let me waste another 88 minutes telling you what a turd you are for being late and make you later. John Hughes is one of those guys I've never heard anyone... Say you can't. Not something bad. I've never heard anyone not go fifteen out of ten. Like he's a fifteen star person on a ten star scale. Yeah, like yeah. he apparently was one of the true greatest. Like people talk about Will Rogers and awesome. shit. Apparently, yeah. uh, John Hughes was epic. He yeah, was epic. Yeah. Was How epic. do you follow Platoon with Grizzly Two the concert? The, the Did you think he would never work again? <laughs> no, Grizzly Two was my first movie actually. It came out after Platoon. Oh, okay. I don't think it ever came out, did it? All right. Well, it's on your IMDb page. Grizzly 2, The Concert, where a pack of wild grizzly bears attack people during a live concert. Okay, so I didn't even get to that part in the script. Um, <laughs> here's, here's what I do know. Hey, but you're here now. Let's yes, read it. Yes. I, I, um, okay, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll play me. You want to do the bear? Yeah. Good. No, I um I flew to Budapest. It was my first job. Um, I just turned eighteen, and I was with uh, George Clooney and Laura Dern. Before they were George Clooney and Laura Dern, you know. And, Still uh, fun. Yeah, and <laughs> um, we were there for three weeks and only worked two nights. Apparently, Budapest now is like the most bitching place in the world, right? Yeah. Back then, not so much. I remember walking around like in the dark streets of Budapest behind the Iron Curtain, looking for like a, I don't know, a chicken leg, something, anything, a piece of bread, from literally like ten o'clock at night till four in the morning, nothing. Nothing. I guess the food drop hadn't happened yet. Uh, but uh, <laughs> who drops the food? FEMA. Whoever at that point. Um, yeah, but it was. I want to go back. I want to see. Oh, so Grizzly too. 
Yeah, Gridley to the concert. <laughs> That's so bizarre. That's what it says. So going back to the Philippines to help my dad having his heart attack, we, we, we come to the hotel and we see him again, and he's on a cane. The last time I saw him, he was like, shirt off, Captain Willard, you know, just killing gooks and taking names, right? And I said gooks in character. We're not going to get in trouble uh, with that, no, right? No, okay, no, no. good. And, I'll um, tell you a walking story about that, too. I love it. Uh, and, um, and now I see him on a cane. So he's literally, his therapy, his physical therapy became throwing the baseball with me. Every day at the hotel while he was recovering. And, and each day we get a little further back. Each day we throw a few more tosses. But it was like, talk about a father-son ball-tossing moment. That's how he healed to finish Apocalypse. Was me. Throwing the ball on <laughs> yeah. this 10-year-old son. Yeah. Trip, right? Yeah, it's trippy in so many different ways. Obviously, for the historical movie history of it all and yeah. the dynamic of a two-generation star duo, Martin Sheen and Charlie Sheen, but also... Yeah, that hits me on like way a lot of different levels. I no, can't even. I can't. I'll think of them on the way home. Something way more interesting to say because that you you actually he, the baseball healed your father Pretty with much. his son. Yeah, yeah, I know. Good shit, right? That's so rad. I know. Man. I know. It's deep. Yeah. Who? Don't give me obvious answers. Okay. Who are your favorite actors right now? Or yeah, or all of all time, or ones the, that people. But not the obvious. Everyone's. We're all going to go Pacino and De Niro and Meryl Streep. And okay, I'm nine years old. I'm at Sophia Loren's house. Carlo Ponte's her husband. We're in, like Italy. The film I mentioned, uh, Cassandra Crossing. She invites us on a Sunday over to watch this movie directed by Lumet that hasn't come out in the states yet called Dog Day Afternoon. At nine years old, in a private screening room with Sophia Loren, my dad, Richard Harris, Ava Gardner, O.J. Simpson. Keep going, right? This, juice, is, this is my childhood. The juice right? was loose. This is my childhood. And people are like, well, no wonder he's drunk. So. And I watched this movie, and I'm thinking, I want to do that. I want to do what Al just did. Somehow, somehow. Okay, we're Vietnam veterans, so killing don't mean nothing to us. <laughs> Any W, we play all the hits. You got a boss, why am I talking to you? <laughs> when did his voice change? I, I think it's heat. It is heat, you're right. He starts way up here. Right. You know? All right, what's this under the desk? A squirrel? <laughs> a squirrel? Who else has to go to the bed? Attica! Put the gun down! I love it. What's and the then line? right around heat. Oh, yeah. He's like a uh, big daddy. A cat on a hot tin roof. You're right. Yeah. God is an absentee landlord, Kevin. Oh, oh, sure. Wow, that's good. It's weird that his well, voice... Was he before Scent of a Woman? <laughs> I think so. Okay. But I, but I thought Grizzly 2, the was concert, after, was after Platoon. <laughs> it happens. What the fuck do I know? It happens. I'm going to be sort of like Wikipedia anyway, you know, people just guessing. Uh... A great quote I wanted to run by you, and I thought you would dig this. Mother Teresa said, in the end, it was between you and God. It was never about them anyway. Wow. Are you religious at all? None. I'm a total atheist. Atheist or agnostic? Used to be agnostic. Went full atheism. Went full atheism? Well, here's, here's how I look at it, right? I look at nature as like the, 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 like the ruling factor. Yeah. The day I can produce a seed from scratch and grow a perfect rose, I can compete with all this. Until then, I got nothing. So I'm not like running the universe, but I'm, I but I respect it. But you're running your universe. Well, most of the time. If you want yeah. to take baby steps into that, if you want to take baby steps <laughs> into this fucking Carl Sagan discussion we're about to have. Wow. I wow. mean, you have how many kids you got? Five. All right. Yeah. And how many how many women are on the payroll for having sex with you? <laughs> no, I mean ex-wives. I didn't mean. Oh, three. Like alimony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three. Three. Well, no, Donna, actually, uh, we got a Noel. She was the first wife. I met her on a uh, Japanese commercial for Parliament Cigarettes. I used to sell cigarettes, shoes, and air conditioners in Japan. You're the Willie Loman of actors. Thank you. Not door-to-door, just on TV. It's important but, uh, to be Because well- that would have required a lot more physical it's, it's, skills, it's, you know? It's important to be well-liked, Hap. <laughs> My dad replaced... Oh, quick, quick, can I tell dad's story, right? Yeah. 
Dad replaces him in Apocalypse, obviously, right? Then replaces him on on, uh, on Broadway in Death of a Salesman, right? So Gary Morgan. Look, Wait, your dad replaced Keitel in Death of a Salesman? Yes, yes. So Gary I, Morgan, who's an old stuntman and acrobat. It's acrobatic. important to be well-liked. Right. By the goddamn things. Right. I can't picture Keitel doing anything but yelling at Tim Roth. Gary Morgan's an old family friend and actually um, uh, uh, in the dog suit in the movie called Cujo. <laughs> He's in the dog suit, yeah. So there's your, there's your Gary Morgan reference. Gary Swear to God, Morgan. Is in the dog suit in Cujo. That wasn't a real Cujo? No. I mean, some, was, some wasn't, yeah. Gary's in the are phone there, book if you want to call him. He's there, in the phone book. Are there Cujo uh, conspiracy people like, man, I don't think that's a real dog in Cujo. That's a motherfucker in a dog suit, man. And we think it's Gary Morgan. Um, Yo, I know that's Gary. I see you, Gary Morgan. I can see you. <laughs> I see you in that dog suit, Gary Morgan. You ain't fooling me, man. Oh, man. Now, that ain't Gary Morgan. That's a motherfucking dog. No, man, that's Gary Morgan in a dog suit. I'm telling you. Let's sit closer, bitch. You'll see it's Gary Morgan. Sit up close. Get, give me some. Get me, <laughs> yo, you guys, you mind if we sit here? You want to switch? So, Gary... Greeting dad back from the Philippines, I swear to you, has a big sign. That it's, you, you'll want to put this on the air. It has a big sign that says, Welcome home, Harvey, is crossed out, and underneath written Martin. <laughs> How good is that? That's fucking great. That's Gary Morgan. Boom. How do you get a job wearing a dog suit if it's not in the FX show Willard? Um, which is also the home of your sitcom, Anger Management, yes. which just got picked up for 90 more episodes? I don't think it did. People oh. are telling me this, but I haven't I read it this morning on the interweb, and I believe everything I read on the internet. Well, as you should. My wife's face has been completely reconstructed with fat from her ass. Hmm. She's ruined her face with plastic surgery, Charlie. And that's on the internet? Oh, yeah. If you just Google search my wife, it's all... But I met her, and that's not true. <laughs> Thank you. All right. No, she's, she's really, really You guys hot. got along great. Yeah, I mean, not in a creepy way. Your wife's a knockout. No, you, it was yeah. nothing creepy about it. She's one Good. of the guys. No, nah, she's mad cool. Well, let me ask you this. I'm married to a woman who, well, I know her dad listens to this, but, I mean, we're married and we're grown-ups. But, like, my wife is sort of like the guy in the relationship. My wife has sex every day. Wow. Uh, usually with me. Okay. No. <laughs> but every day and really is like whatever you want, easygoing, and I'm madly in love with my wife. Good for you. Is there a part of you that still jealous for that? Jealous about that? Big well, time. I wasn't going to use the word jealous at all because I don't strike you as a guy with jealousy um, in you. A guy who's, um, you said you would use the word pines for that? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, I think there's a fantasy image I have is of that a, sort a, of union. I think a fantasy is untangible. Is it more just like a romanticism? It is total romanticism, yeah. And when it's you old school is what it is. Old school. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm kind of a vintage guy that still believes in you know chivalry, nobility, integrity. So there's a Mrs. Sheen potentially out there on the wire? Without, without, without a document saying that we're legal, yeah. Why not? Because I just think it's outdated. I know what you're going to say. You're going to say, it's just a piece of paper. Well, To which my wife that. always replies, if it's just a piece of paper, then why not get it? Ah, but it's a really costly piece of paper if it doesn't work out, you know? Well, so there's another piece of paper that you can say, <laughs> hey, I make this amount of money on my star of my show and spend city money, and I don't want you tapping into my uh, terminal velocity cash, and I don't want, you know, you're not getting a piece of the Young Guns franchise. No, no. In Major League. So sign here, sweetheart, because I love you, and mm. I don't want it to come between us. Those almost end so many marriages pre-wedding, uh, prenups than anything else. They agree on the third date. Yeah, I'll sign anything. You show up with the paper, they're like, how dare you? I'm not in this for the money. I'm like, no, but when we break up, you will be, you know. My wife insisted on it. Oh, well, no wonder. Well, she's awesome. But she, but, you know, once you have kids, it goes out the window as it should. Yeah, yeah. So when you were married three times, 
were you, and you can pass on this because I don't want to stir any shit up, but were you like each time going into each marriage, are you like, this is it, I'm done, pussy's done, I'm putting all, you know, most vices that I can aside, I'm about the family, I'm about the wife, and then is are you, is that how you go into it? Yes, but then you use the old Sam Kennison reference, baby, whoop. Your when, nose grows. Totally. You know you're lying when you're saying it at the time, or is there a part of you that really, do you make that old college run at it, the old college try? Hell yeah. And are you convinced when you, like, let's just, Denise was the last one, when you're with Denise, and I'm not dragging her through anything. No, no. But when you're... Great lady, great mom. When you're, and I've met her a lot, she's yeah. super nice, yeah, super fun. Cool beans. And when you go to, when you're marrying her, are you convinced that... This is it. I'm not fucking around. I'm not doing blow. I'm not going to, you know, fucking vomit on her drunk. Or sober. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> well, you can't help it. I, I have... She's so hot, isn't she? Sure. Jesus. If you like girls. Yeah, thank you. Um, I, I, for about a year, I, I, I know I can maintain that facade. But do you know it? Because I just know who I am. And then I'm that I'm polyamorous. But you know? do you know who you are now? I'm saying like the then. La- yeah, you're then, right. No, I thought did I you was, really convince yourself? I did. I'm gonna be like a fifties husband. I did. Yeah. And I'm gonna come home and I'm gonna make steak and I'm gonna have a potato and we're gonna make love once in a while. I'm gonna watch my shows and then sure. I'm gonna go to work and that's how it's gonna be. So we're gonna talk about her day. Yeah. We're talking about her day. How was your day, honey? <laughs> how was your day? Oh, I'm sorry. Let me take this. Um, yeah. No. It. Um, so you weren't full of shit when you committed no, to these people. No, you really thought I did. This is it. I did, except for the Donna thing. And Donna's a great lady. She never wrote a book. She never took more than she, did, you know, was promised. She never, never, never. She was so classy and so freaking just stand up that I, I can only sing her praises. Pretty good looking lady too. Um, actually, she was a knockout. Best legs and ass I've ever seen. Still to this day. Well, check that. We can't talk about that. Um, so uh, Hold on. do you want us to pull it? No, I don't care. It's funny. Um, oh, okay. But um, but I married her on September third, nineteen ninety five, my thirtieth birthday. So I wouldn't forget the anniversary. Smart. <laughs> How about that, right? No, that's Us smart. Virgos, you know. And so um, didn't work out. We annulled actually on the plane ride coming back from the honeymoon, which I spent in the wine country in the Medoc region, looking at all the various you know chateaus and <laughs> that whole French little you know plot of genius. You been there? No. It's the greatest place I in the world. I want to now. Second greatest place in the world. Amsterdam's first. Actually, you know what? I sort of brought Amsterdam to Sherman Oaks, so what the hell, man? It's a toss-up at this point, you know? I, I like Laguna. I'm, Thank you. know, you. I'm, I'm fine just in Orange County. Boom, I know. The montage, boom, I'm in. Yeah, no, it's nice down there. What is it about, is it, you know, it's easy to say, like, well, that's just my personality. I like to get laid all the time, and I like to do all that. But yet, you romanticize being with someone and being celibate. No, not celibate. Monogamous. Uh, that was the wrong word entirely. Sorry about that. But you do have a romanticism about being monogamous with one woman in the white picket fence. Hell yeah. So is it that you just haven't met the right person? Because it seems like if you would meet the right person, a wall, with me personally, like a wall comes down sure. and they just lock that wall to the floor. Like there's just not, I don't even know, I, I don't even know what chicks look like. I Isn't swear it? to God. Wow. Wow. Like, I'll look at my wife and I'll go, Alec Baldwin kind of heavy. He's way hotter than young, skinny Alec Baldwin, right? And she goes, yeah. And she'll be like, "Isn't that girl was really pretty. I'm like, I, I don't know. I would do that out of respect, like, because the wife will test you. You're watching a show, a commercial comes on, and somebody's like, 
you know, what's up with this girl? She's just like the, the girl in the moment right now. She's pretty hot. And I'm like, you know, I don't see it. And I'm just sitting there going, God, she's the hottest thing ever. She's hotter than you. And you can't say that, you know. But do you think you is, is art, you said you're polyamorous. Yeah. Do you think you're just polyamorous because the women you married weren't the right women to marry? I'm not saying you made a mistake. I don't think I was the right guy for them to marry. I'll put it on me. But Brooke was different. Brooke liked, liked girls and hope I'm outing her here, but, uh, claimed to like girls and said that that could be a part of our marriage. It never was, but, uh, and one thing I never did during a marriage was cheat, believe it or not. That's what I was going to ask you. Yeah, ever. You never, never cheated never when you were married? Once, ever, no, ever. But I think that's, I think kind of noble. Yeah, I mean, I think, that, and that's a really cool thing to say on the podcast. I mean, yeah, that's it's true. a breaking news thing. Charlie yeah. Sheen never cheated when he was married to anybody. Never and I, once. But Although so, Donna did find the scrunchie in the shower. <laughs> to this day, I don't know where it came from. Jennifer Grey. To this day, I don't know where it came from. It was Jennifer Grey scrunchie, bro. Wow, but she had such short hair. Why would she need one? I don't know we're what she did with the scrunchie. Honor, I, 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 your honor, we're going to go to a <laughs> recess. Uh, yeah, no, it... Um, no, I mean, I, I'm, I'm fr- I'm, I, I wish I could talk to Donna again. I haven't spoken to her in years and years, you know, but I'm still friends with Denise and, and Brooke and trying to get all the kids in the neighborhood right now. And I have another house up the street I want to move Denise and the girls into. Really? Yeah, I just put in their name, actually. So the only people that can throw Denise out are the girls. That's pretty funny. They own the house. Boom, here. Your daughter's on the house. Yeah? <laughs> and I put this house in the boy's name. Really? They can throw me out. I could have talked to those boys. <laughs> as long as I don't learn the two words, throw and out, and put them together, I'm fine, right? Daddy, out. <laughs> so, like, you, so you do pine for that life? Yeah, man. Hell yeah. But I, I, I have this lovely image of, of, of harmony. I'm just like, the door opens, there's a knock on the door, and it's the girls. Here, Dad, we brought you breakfast. But then there's the also lovely harmony where the other kind of girls come in. Oh, yeah. And that's like you've created your own your own sanctuary. Like, you know, you want you fill the house with what you want. Sure. And they're, according to the press, there's like the blonde room, the brunette room. We're, we're, let's walk around the house right now and find those rooms. I'm just saying, It's you crazy, know. isn't that? No? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know what you also don't see in my house a lot of? I mean, only because we're at the table and i got to sign a bunch of crap. Blacks. You see a lot of my, um, my work reminders. You don't, do you? No, I don't. Anywhere. There's a lot of weird uh, busts <laughs> right? that kind of scare me, like a yeah. Shatner mask in the corner when you come in. Probably not a Shatner oh, mask. Oh, a little just... one. Yeah. It's from Halloween. It really is? Yes. Hell yeah. That's shit from yeah. far away. It was a giveaway at a fundraiser I was at, and I got there late, and there were none left, and I said, I must have one of those. And they sent it to me the next day. The little Shatner. The, the, the Halloween mask is the Shatner mask inside out, though, isn't it? Yeah. That's the greatest freaking horror film ever made. It's pretty tight. It's more of a thriller than a horror film. What? Oh, so who are your favorite actors? Right now. Oh, uh, well. You could say Pacino if that really is the guy that you hang your hat on. The guy that, that started everything, but the guy I really think there's him and then there's the rest of us. No disrespect, is Sean Penn. <laughs> yeah, because I'm way up there. <laughs> I'm on. just saying, man, you've done some brilliant work in your day, bro. You should have been nominated or at least won for, for, for McGuire. That was my first movie. And, and, see, that's not fair. You cannot show up and be that good in your first movie. It's, it's not, all it's downhill not, after that. No. I, if I did Jerry Maguire now, I would have had much more heat after Interesting. Because it's the first thing you go, oh, who's this guy? But if, like now the guy with the podcast and the comic, and we know him from all this stuff, if, if I did it now, it'd be an entirely different thing. It would, it would be a good thing you're saying. A great thing. Yeah. I'm much different, like, yeah. holy shit, look who's arrived, as opposed to, like, it was, you know what it was? It was immediately in my rearview mirror. Wow. In every, wow. You know what I mean? I get that. I get that. Yeah. Like the wow. moment it came out, it was that guy that did that thing. Wow. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you, so you, Pacino is the guy and Sean is great. I think, um, 
Yeah, people say, well, no, Daniel Day's better than Sean. I'm like, well, maybe, but uh, Daniel Day can't do Fast Times and then direct Into the Wild and then do Dead Men Walking. He'd do them differently. It is pretty... St- I don't think he gets enough credit. I mean, obviously, we all know he's great. I, like, I love Sean Penn movies. Like, you know Bad Boys. Like, everybody knows Bad Boys is Will Smith and fucking Martin Lawrence. And Bad Boys with him and S.A. Morales is the bad... And How Ali, do you have And movies? Ali Sheedy. Yeah. And and who's the... um. The counselor in the movie is is um, um he's uh, he he does voices on like SpongeBob. Oh no, not the counselor. That was Edward James. Alton. Yes, no. it was. Yeah, it yeah, is yeah, it? yeah, yeah. He's excellent. Yeah, and uh, Clancy Brown. Yes, he's excellent. <laughs> he plays the Viking. Fight, fight the Viking. Fight, yeah, fight. When it, wow. Finally, when S. A. Morales and Sean Penn. I don't know how you can have another movie named Bad Boys come out. How about Sean's on the cover of Rolling Stone that just says Bad Boy Sean Penn, and it's he's just sitting there with his chin on his hands. That was for Bad Boys. Are you guys? Oh, you guys were in like the Malibu uh, Mafia. Malibu Mafia, together. yeah, totally. Sean's the greatest. Chris was my best friend growing up. That sucked when he died. You know, your 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 Chris Penn impersonation was so creepy, dude. It was like I was back in the room with him. Someone tweeted me when you're doing when you play drunk in episode two of Action. You're just doing an Adam Sandler impression, aren't you? And I wrote back. I rarely answer tweets, and I go, No, actually, I'm doing Chris Penn because when you can't play drunk. It's bad. Yeah. There's yeah. a fine. You either do it perfect, or you're too far, or you're a yeah. fool. And my dad says never get drunk to play drunk because then you can't make any choices. Oh yeah. Pretty smart, man. I never even thought to get drunk to play drunk. Yeah. But I did go on an audition, super baked once. PCU. Remember that college movie? I think yeah. Jeremy Piven played the stoner. Yeah, yeah, hell yeah, yeah. I went to that audition high as balls. Right. Like I was so high, I didn't realize that breathing was an involuntary muscle. Like I had to remind, like breathe in, stupid. And I swear to God, the director, I don't remember who it was, said to me, if you could just act a little more high. Wow. And I go, all right. So I'm like, hey, bro, like hamming it up. And he wow. goes, just, it's good. I'm just not buying that you're, and I, I, I didn't want to tell the guy, like, I did like eight bong hits. I'm high as, I'm a giraffe's <laughs> ass right now. I'm like Doc Ellis throwing a no hitter high. Wow. wow. I'm, I'm high as a Georgia pine. Love it. <laughs> so, yeah, I was, when I play drunk, I, I my go-to is to, I just imitate Chris Penn. Was action? Um, there's a guy I met with when I was trying to create a show. I think it was between Spin and Two and a Half. Um, a guy named Chris something. Uh, Chris guy, Thompson. Yeah, man, he was your guy, right? He was our guy yes, until he uh, got out of the boat. I'm sorry, he was kind of a genius for a while, wasn't he? He still is. He well, he created some great shows, and then he uh, he. Uh, he was in the middle of action when we met him, by the way. He left action kind of like when, you know, you go off the reservation once in a while. People mm-hmm. that use kind of disappear for a while. And then Don Rio. One of my favorite people. Really? My favorite people, yeah. One of mine, too. Yeah, we tried to develop a show with, uh, with Gladys Knight. It was, all, it was all in the family. What the fuck are you talking about? It was about? all in the family with a woman, and it was her. Gladys Knight. Yes. Is best. It's awesome. Nobody would buy it. Nobody. Why? And then Don was hired on Two and a Half, my last season there. I Don was on our staff. For yeah. those of you listening, Don Rio, when you think of like the Dos Equis guy, the coolest guy in the world. It's Don Rio. It's the guy that the Dos Equis guy would go, if only I was more like him. Yeah. Don Rio yeah. wrote, uh, Sam, do you know this whole thing about Sanford and Son? How he came up with all that? I think no. he wrote like the first eight episodes of Sanford and Son. One of my favorite was, shows ever. Oh yeah. You big dummy. He. Not in good times. He, uh, but James. <laughs> <laughs> he Don Rio was watching uh, Slappy White on the Tonight Show when it was in New York. He was eating it. 
like bombing. Slappy White was bombing. <laughs> and he was in Providence, Rhode Island at his parents' furniture store. And they go, Slappy White will be at the, uh, you know, whatever uh, comedy venue in uh, Providence, Rhode Island. And uh, Don Rio stayed up that night with a notebook. He was 18 years old, and he wrote Slappy White jokes. Wow. Snuck into the venue, handed Slappy White in his dressing room a notebook of jokes, wearing like a suit, like from his prom and shit. Right. This is all legit, right? I love it. And I'll tell you how legit it is with Don's uh, thing that he says at the end. And so Slappy White goes through all the jokes, and people are coming in, and he's in there for like a way uncomfortable period of time. And then Slappy White goes, boy, can you read? And he goes, excuse me? He goes, motherfucker, can you read? <laughs> and he goes, yeah, I can read. He goes, all right. I'm playing the Apollo tomorrow night. You're going to be my straight man. You just stick to the cue cards. We'll be cool. I'll pick you up here in the parking lot at noon tomorrow. That next night, he's on stage at the Apollo oh in the same suit. Oh, my God. And there's God. a giant photo in Don Rio's office of him and Slappy White reading the cue card. Oh, my God. Jokes. Wow. And, and he went on the Chitlin circuit. Did he kill with Don's material? Yeah, it was all like, how would you run for president in the South? You know, like, I would uh, campaign at night. On top of the trees, you know, oh like just God. all like ridiculous great wow, shit. Wow, humor you can't do today. Humor that all like Jewish guys were trying to write like, you know, you jive turkey. And yeah. Don was the guy that was like, now look at, look at these uppity niggas in this side of the field. Wow. Like Don was writing wow. Sanford and Son. Damn. And then uh, he went on the Chitlin circuit with like Red Fox and like Mom's Mabley. Wow. And, he, and those guys would go out to like two the next day. And Don would have to tap out like at 5 a.m. So he'd go back to his like... 2 p.m. you're talking. Yeah. And Don <laughs> would tap it. out like at 4 or 5 a.m. And he'd go right. to like the colored, colored, you know, whites oh only and blacks God, in the wow. segregated South. And he had the pilot for Sanford and Son. And he just kept writing other versions of it. Wow. So when Red Fox went to the network, he goes, Blood, I got this Don real motherfucker to write the show. And that's Don was in. Wow. And I told him, I don't believe that. And he goes, I didn't see White Pussy till I was 26. Oh and that's the sentence where you gosh. go, nobody would say that. You can't. Unless they were legit. No, you can't, you can't just make that up. No. And then you wrote for Blossom. <laughs> Ted Waz. Yeah, Ted Blossom. Waz was the father yes. of Blossom. Your director on Gary. Don Rio. No, your created, pilot director. But, yeah. uh, Don Rio created Blossom. And I once wow. said to him, how do you go from writing like fucking MASH action, The Honeymooners Return, right. yeah. Sanford and Son to Blossom? And he goes, let me tell you something. I have a house in Hana. Go fuck yourself. Wow. <laughs> Boom. Check, please. Yeah. Good for him. I love Don Rio. Um, Somehow he's still stuck over there with those other miscreants. Well, let's <laughs> get him up and running. Yeah. Who came to you with uh, anger management? Who approached you? Because I think you have to have balls to approach Charlie Sheen. Uh, John Feldheimer and uh, Joe Roth. Feldheimer runs uh, Lionsgate and uh, Roth runs Revolution. They said, Joe said, look, I did this movie, but we're only talking about the title. How do you feel about this as a TV show? And I started thinking about it, and I went, But where do you really see good. them where this conversation happens? They call me in for a meeting at Lionsgate. And now at that point, are you using the shenanigans that went on with Two and a Half Men as like, because I don't think you're a yeah. guy that really would give a shit about like, I don't want to do a show on FX. No, I just want to do a good show. And oh, if, okay. If you put a good show on, people will find it. You know? So the head of the snake was legit, and you went, all right, I'll hear what the head of the snake has yeah, to say. Hell yeah. And you really liked it. I liked it a lot. And then they said, all right, let's meet showrunners. And the first guy I met on Skype, because he doesn't fly, he was in New York, was Bruce Helford. Helford's great. Helford did one of my wife's show. I think he did. Uh, yes, he did. He loves your wife. And he's just the best guy. He's the smartest guy. He's just, he's just so freaking cool, man. It's so bitchy. Oh, that's right. Me. You and my wife were talking about his weird show night jacket. That yeah, that, that magic windbreaker, man. 
Members only, and he's the last member. He's the last member. I love it. <laughs> no, he's a uh, special cat, man. He's a special cat. Do you watch Two and a Half Men with Ashton Kutcher? I watched. I actually had a party here. It was pretty funny. Jeff Rosser actually wrote about it that night. Do you remember? No. Uh, because the, uh, the Two and a Half uh, premiere with Ashton and, and my roast were on the same night. So we had a party here with all the roasties and the writers and thing all here, and then we watched Two and a Half, then the roast, you know? Um, the roast, we had a really good time watching Two and a Half. We're all just kind of... Um, Tolerating it a little bit, you know. Um, I thought though the moment of Ashton's reveal was one of the best TV moments ever. When the, the urn, my ashes get thrown in the air, and then you reveal this guy naked on the porch behind the window. It should have said to be continued, and that been the last moment of that episode. And then people were like, "What's going on?" Right. I said they gave away the whole freaking house and the whole farm, and there were more like his dick's bigger than you jokes in like you know eleven minutes than ever been on television. And I'm sitting there watching, going, "Really, guys? Come on!" Ashton was pretty good in those first few. But I think the writing got so um, uh, just kind of uh, inverted or, or just black holed, you know, that, that he didn't have much to work with, man. How do you not invert writing-wise unless you just have a complete turnover of a staff? When a show goes that long, it seems like you're going to run into that wall, like that rookie wall. They ran into it with me. Really? Yeah. And then having like going to Vegas to uh, get eye tuck surgery but have a dream that I really got boobs. And then my mom's there and just... Guys, really? <laughs> There's a shark in the water somewhere. I see the ramp I got to hit with these skis. Um, really, you guys? You turn to Potsy and you say, I'll do this for you. <laughs> I love it. I love it. But the show went He on. was just on the podcast and he explained the whole thing. Oh, he did? But the, and, Is that Anson? No, uh, Henry Winkler. Oh, oh, oh And he okay. said, uh, he said, I don't understand why they call it, why it's synonymous with uh, failure because we went five years after that. I was just going to say, with that handsome blonde guy. Um, Ted McGinley. Thank you. Yeah, good dude. Good he dude. hasn't aged at all. He did um, Hope and Faith, right? I think so. Yeah. I know he was, you know, married with children. Replaced. Just all of a sudden, she had a new husband, and they never talked about it. Wow, that show created a network, by the way. Sure did. Yeah, man. Yeah, maybe it did create a network. You know what else is good to create? Your own post post office. There's too many what ifs when you go to the post office. What if there's traffic? You can't find parking. What if it's closed when you get there? Avoid the hassle. Use stamps.com. With stamps.com. Anything you can do at the post office, you can now do from the convenience of your own desk. Stamps.com really is the married with children of postage. Buy and print official U.S. postage using your own computer and printer whenever you need it, 24-7. Unlike the post office, Stamps.com never closes. Charlie Sheen never closes. Right now, I use my last name, Moore, M-O-H-R, for this special offer. No risk trial plus $110 bonus offer. That includes a digital scale to weigh your letters and packages. And up to, we're all trying not to giggle because we're weighing things on scales in our minds. And up to $55 free postage. Don't wait. Go to stamps.com before you do anything else. Click on the radio microphone at the top of the homepage. Type in more, M-O-H-R. Stamps.com. Enter more, M-O-H-R. And then they did Unhappily Ever After, which was his other show, not Ted McGinley's other show. Um, shit. Who created Unhappily? Who created but Ron Levitt? There you go. Ron Levitt the created the show That's that the created okay, a good, network. Good, smart man. Smart man. Thank Matt you. Groening and Ron Levitt. Created. Groening of future. Uh, Simpsons fame. No. Um, yeah. Yeah. We have a guy named Sam Simon on our staff, right? He wrote for The Simpsons. One episode. Oh, really? <laughs> Made $400 million, yeah. Wait. He was, he, created, he was on the creative team for it, yeah, that created it. 
So he he got it created by yeah. that really is for you showbiz neophytes out there. If you want to do anything, you got to get it created by credit. Yeah, that's I got one on uh, Last Comic Standing. Oh, really? Yeah, that's your show. Yeah, that's a brilliant show, dude. Well, t- somebody should pick it up. FX. I'll talk to Alki. I'll talk to Alki David, the crazy billionaire from Filmon, mm-hmm. who's a friend of mine. I'm going to be in business with them, uh, doing commercials and stuff. That could be a home for it. And it, it, it's Netflix, but more bitching. Yeah, and we're going to find the dailies with Kaitel we have as Captain to. Willard. Here's the good news. I, I, I just did a film a couple months Where ago. Where the with, fuck is he? <laughs> with, um, with Roman Coppola, right? Yeah. So Roman, there's actually a, uh, a skull from the uh, Kurtz Compound Steps that Roman just gave me. They have a whole apocalypse museum, and I know for a fact they have outtakes. So Roman, oh, it's a guy, really interesting little film called uh, Glimpse Inside the Mind of, uh, the Mind of Charles Swan III. Charles Swan? A glimpse inside the mind of Charles Swan the Third. yeah. Is that out now? No, we're, we're, we're going to do the festival tour and hope to get a, hope to get a release. Uh, Roman is a movie I, like you're producing with Roman? Roman and I actually financed it together. We both wrote a check for a million bucks and shot it here in L.A. And it's, it's, it's Roman writing a story. Uh, it's, it's all that jazz meets Annie Hall. He, it's written about his, himself written for me. It's a trip. It's a trip, yeah. It's about love lost and why. Who are you? you said all that jazz? Fosse, right? Yeah. Is he one of your favorite yeah. directors? Underrated. That movie is underrated. Uh, would you yeah, say? Yeah. Wow, that film's a masterpiece. Lenny, Star Eighty. Yeah, Star Eighty. Okay, let's talk about four four performances I have that were not nominated. Forget didn't win. That I think are the greatest Academy crimes against humanity ever. Star Eighty's one of them. Eric Roberts. Yeah. Not nominated. He was on the podcast. <laughs> You're a good company. I love him. Um, My Dad and Apocalypse. Not nominated. That's, 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 yeah. And Eric was, then Eric was nominated for like Runaway Train, which is like, I guess. I know. Here's where it gets worse. Okay. Um, Al Pacino, Scarface, not nominated. I think Scarface is not so good. That worked though. Come on. No, he, when he first gets to America, right. it's some of the best shit you'll ever see. And yeah. then it just turns into like a cartoon to me. Right, but it's the most quoted movie ever, that Jaws and Apocalypse, right? My wife said, uh, uh, Goodfellas is to comics what Scarface is to rappers. Interesting, wow. That's really smart. Because <laughs> it's all we talk about, comics. Just all, Go get your fucking shine box. <laughs> I love it. Motherfucking mutt! Keep him here! <laughs> and then uh, the last one, um, I'm sure there's better examples and different ones, is... Um, it's a good game to play. Is, um, oh gosh, uh, in uh, The Doors. Um, Kilmer? Kilmer. He didn't get nominated for no. that? People younger. He was brilliant. I'm 41. I'm 46. People younger than me think Val Kilmer is Jim Morrison. Crazy because he was that good. Yeah. And he sang that good. I do. Complicated guy. What do you listen to? What are you rocking out to? I'm, these a, days? I'm a vintage rock and roller man. All right. I, Stones, everything. Beatles, Doors. Uh, Stones, I don't look at as a rock band. I look at them as a brilliant blues band. They're a bar band. Okay. Uh, Zeppelin's my favorite band. Really? And I'm a huge Slash fan. I think Slash, sorry, Eddie, sorry, Jimmy, is the greatest guitarist alive right now. Did you see this Mike It Loud, the documentary I with did, Jimmy yeah. Page? Yeah. What was the kid doing in there? I thought, what was the Edge doing in there? Oh. I'm a huge U2 fan, so I can't... Uh, I'm a huge... They're one of my favorites. Yeah, but I was when, there when they went color in Tempe. Really? People say they're there when Dylan went electric. I was there when U2 went color. The helicopter shot coming over Sun Devil Stadium? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in... in um, Goosebumps, bro. What's the film called? Rattle Home. Home. That's where the film goes color. This is a song Charles Manson stole from the Beatles. We're stealing it back. Yeah. People, Charles Manson, you <laughs> dumb fuck, Manson, Helter Skelter, he thought it was a black-white race war that he was going to bring on, and little did he know, if he would just sat tight for a while, he would have realized 
Helter Skelter was a ride at a carnival. Listen, that's Paul has admitted to that. It means nothing. Seriously. When you get to the bottom, you go back to the top of the slide, and then I'm coming down a miles above you, and oh then I God, see, you're and right. then, then I see oh you God. again. Because I went down the I fucking Helter Skelter. Wow. Hel- and by the way, the most punk thing of its time is that opening, that opening guitar of Helter yeah, Skelter. It's so good. The Beatles somehow underrated. I know people right now listening going, how the fuck could the Beatles be underrated? Just go back and listen to all of it. You'll listen to Rocky Raccoon and go, this is better than anything Dylan's ever done. Yeah. Listen to fucking Helter Skelter, that opening, cr- that yeah. crushing. Yeah. Crazy, yeah. Tw- a guy- all right, I'll say this. A serial killer did it because of the Beatles. It's always been the other way. Marilyn Manson's whole band is named after serial killers. It's always the bands trying to act like they're from the dark side. Manson took the fucking White Album and actually killed seven people with it. Yeah, wow. Like, no, they're talking to me, bro. There's going to be a hole in the desert, and there are the angels, and I'm the fifth Beatle. Wow. And we're all going to fucking ride our chariot. Emilio and I were riding our bikes on Point Doom. I was nine. He would have been 12 or 13 in Malibu a thousand years ago at my parents' house, obviously, where we lived. A guy comes out of the freaking shadows. It's right at dusk, right? Walks up and he says, hey, Martin here? I'm like, uh, maybe. Do you know him? He's like, no. I mean, yeah, I know him, but I don't know him. I'm like, well, what are you doing? He says, well, you know the Beatles song, Come Together, when they say over me? They're talking about me. I'm the lamb. We're like, you know what? Just stay right here. Dad, call the cops. Really? Yeah, not cool. You must get a lot I'm of... I'm the lamb. I'm the lamb. He's the lamb of God. Yeah, man. Trip, well, right? Yeah. When well, they the, wrote, come together over me, he said, that's me. I'm me. Yeah, and I'm like... So I'm the lamb. You. Or what is he the lamb and gypsy? Who the hell knows? How old I am. <laughs> Fucking a and ridiculous I, scene in a play. Thinking, well, for such an important guy, why did you walk here wearing that, you know? I, I, I don't know whose bit it is, but they, it's not mine. But they go, people in LSD always, uh, well, they don't really, but they, they die because the bit goes, they die because they always want to try to fly. How come they never try from the ground? Hmm. Well, you have to go to the top that's, of a building. Brilliant. Well, that's fucking that's brilliant. It's not mine. I that forget whose it is. I love that. Um, do, what's harder, comedy or drama for you? Hmm, drama. Drama. I grew up on sitcoms, man. I, I, you know, I just, I, I, I have that I whole agree timing rhythm thing in These my are all brain. questions from my wife. That's why I was checking my phone. I love she's it. like, ask him this. Yeah. But I'll tell you why. Comedy's easy I for th- me. Because it's either right or wrong. Thank you. And if you have a sense of timing and There's rhythm. There's no gray area. None. It's either funny or it's not. If I have to come to you and do a dramatic scene, I can go, look, you fu-, or I can go, look. <sighs> yeah. There's no, however, I could cry. I sure. can laugh. You right. could think I'm crazy. Right. That's it's so really funny. difficult. You're the yeah. first actor to just go. No, comedy's easy. A lot easier. Yeah, yeah. Because either right or wrong. And you don't go home having just exhumed a, a, a dear loved one that you cried over, feeling like shit because they're not there anymore. You know, I don't know how you get to emotional moments, but I have to use something that happened in my life. You do. Yeah, I, can't. I tried that in Suicide Kings. Great and movie. It was so thank you. Great it movie. It was so uh, terrible for me because I realized I'm not talking to anyone. I'm just thinking of some sad shit. I'm thinking mm. about my grandfather. Just, <laughs> it's just ridiculous. I but I heard your father thought of his parents. He what was did. the big crying scene that he did? It was, if it was in a movie that, um, it was a miniseries called blind ambition. He played John Dane in the whole Watergate thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And he wrote, he tells a really, really, really touching story that he wrote his dad's name, uh, just off frame when he's in a prison cell waiting to be arraigned or, bailed out or something and it was just off camera but but he positioned it in a way where the camera still had the best angle on him and he just looked at it and just said just roll i'll tell you when i'm done and it was on wow his dad made cash registers for 55 years 
in Dayton, Ohio, at the NCR, National Casualty Company. I have one in my bar in there. Is your yeah. grandfather? Yeah. Were you close to your grandparents? I, 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 I was close to my grandma. I never knew my uh, grandpa on my mom's side because she was the victim. Uh, the, I'm sorry, the product of a rape. My mom was. Didn't know the dad. So we don't, I don't know anything about hair Your loss. mother. Yes. Martin Sheen's wife. Yeah, Janet Templeton. Yeah. Janet Sheen, yeah. Is her, the, her, a rape a yeah, baby her mom was from raped. rape. Yeah. Holy shit. And the guy was still around town. And they were kind of like, was it this guy? Was it that guy? And I'm like, find out. I want to know about my hair loss. I don't have hair loss, but they say <laughs> yeah, you got to look at your mother's. You the best hair in the business, you Thank prick. Thank you. But they say you got to look at your mom's dad, you know. Backstage at the Tonight Show, Charlie Sheen comes into my dressing room, looks at my wife, goes, hey, have you ever used a, what is that, a f- waterless shampoo, dry shampoo? Have you ever used that? Right. Have you used dry shampoo? <laughs> and my wife goes, yeah, I use it all the time. Goes, is it good? What is that shit? <laughs> like, apparently, you didn't think to shower before the Tonight Show. You're I'm, like, what are you, dry shampoo? And it's called... P S S S S S T. It's actually, called, and my wife goes, "Yeah, it's called." Psst. And you were very funny, where we both thought, "Like, is he fucking high?" You go, no. "My wife goes, yeah." Psst. And you go, oh, "We're all standing here. You don't have to whisper." <laughs> <laughs> and my wife looked at each other for a second, and went, "Oh shit, he's fucking funny." Thank you, Charlie's funny. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I'm so, funny because I just like you. I don't take it all too seriously, man. You can't. We're we're in a business that creates fiction. How do you take fiction that seriously? You, you know? play make believe for a living. Yeah. How man. often do you talk to your dad about acting? Oh gosh, um, I'll talk to him about moments he's had in movies, and I'll ask him how he got there, or what was going on before that, and what, how he felt about it afterwards. I'm usually talking about sort of the um, the, the the surrounding experience and the actual moment, you know, because I'm curious about how a guy. What part of his brain he turns off and what part of his brain he turns on. Right. You know what I mean? And, um. But you don't go to him with a particular part in a script and go, what's oh, your yeah. ta- Oh, you do? Did a film called The Chase. It's kind of yeah. a disaster. Adam Rifkin, brilliant guy, dear friend of mine, wrote it and directed it. And, and I was, I knew I was going to be stuck in a car the whole movie until the you know, beginning and the end. I said to dad, I said, you know, um, there's not a lot of choices physically, you know, head wise, blah, blah, whatever, in a car. Look left, look right. Yeah. I said, what would you do? And he says, Wow. Kind of on your own there, kid. <laughs> You're kind of on your own there, kid. I didn't take the movie, son. You did. <laughs> You're the one that said, I'll do the chase. He told me not to do Platoon. Well, I'm glad you did. Yeah, me too. Thank so you. So is everybody else. Oh, thank you. But um, people try to compare Platoon to Apocalypse. I just got to go on the record again and remind everybody. Platoon is good. It's, it's, it's boots on the ground. Boots on the ground. Apocalypse is, I think, the greatest film ever made. It's, it's, it's way up the there. Yeah. And it's Vietnam from from the inside out, from the yeah. soul going outward. Yeah. It's a guy's journey. Everything is layered in quadruple entendre. The journey up the river is his own journey with himself. Do you know I'd seen the movie a hundred times before I knew freaking Fred Forrest's character name was Hicks? No. You see it for one second on his on his uniform? One second. I, had I that, never caught it before. That just happened to me watching Stripes, another war movie. <laughs> Dude, when but they're no, coming back after that first day singing. Lee Harvey. Right. You are a, it says Oswald on his. Oh, God. Is that, um. Bill Murray when he goes, Lee. Right. Just, but who's Oswald? That's, he has um, no lines. It's just some kid with a crew cut, wow. like some Oki. And he goes, Lee Harvey, you are a madman. Yeah. <laughs> and I always, I wonder why I called him Lee Harvey. And it was like literally last month, I go, fucking Oswald. Wow. Wow, trip. Oswald. Yeah. Trip. Are you a conspiracy guy? Big time, yeah. Do you think that was really a dog in Cujo? Or do you think there was a I guy mean, in the suit? I don't know if we should really even talk about that on the air, you know. Alright, yeah. Gotta, do you think we landed stuff, on the moon? You know? <laughs> do you think we landed on the moon? You're not that crazy. I, I think we did. Yeah. And, and what a great achievement to go there in a, in a craft with less technology on board than the iPhone. I like that the, uh, like Gene Stern is up there hitting fucking golf balls. Yeah. 
Like, hold on, I'm not, I'll come in in a minute. <laughs> My favorite guy, though, when people say, oh, I've been lonely lately, I'm like, no, you haven't. Here's lonely. Captain Collins, right, stays in the, uh, in the, in the ship when uh, Armstrong and, um, uh, uh, uh Buzz Aldrin, are on the moon, right? Yeah. He's, yeah, he's in contact with Mission Control and the guys on the moon until he gets to the dark side of the moon. These are two-hour orbits, right? He's on the dark side of the moon for 45 minutes, something smaller than this table, in 1969, and he can't talk to anybody. And he does that like 25 times. That's lonely. I never knew that. That is lonely right there. You know, there's like a... S- where, do you, where, where do you go at that point? You just deep into your, ha- into your training, your <laughs> boot you. camp. Thank you. You realize, oh, I've been broken down and built back up for a reason. One day you might be on the dark side of the moon. Exactly. And there's no fucking Roger Waters no. or David Gilmore uh-uh. saying, run, rabbit, run. <laughs> that shit ain't happening. No. It's just beep. Yeah. Everyone, you ever hear on the, on the tapes when he lands on the moon, there's like, uh, like an 18 second radio blackout for no reason that nobody could figure out. When they landed on the moon, ah, uh, you'll love this, bro. When they landed on the moon, Buzz Aldrin and Neil Armstrong had the exact same rank. And when they, and Neil Armstrong was the flight commander. When they landed on the moon, right when they touched down, Neil Armstrong, uh, excuse me, Buzz Aldrin goes, so who's going out first? Come on. Waited till they fucking got, wow. cause they never said it. Wow. They went through every, you know, NASA, they go through everything so many times. They never said, then Neil, you will leave the capsule. Right. They never said it. Wow. And they were the exact same rank. It was just assumed Neil Armstrong went out first because he was the wow. flight commander. Wow. And that prick waited for like five years. Wow. Because he knew the second right. guy out who gives right. a shit. You know, I see him at the improv. But he said it is a magnificent desolation, didn't he? That's his book, right? Yeah. Yeah. I read it. Uh, I read half of it in a speed read. I was having dinner with him the next night and then couldn't get in a word edgewise. Didn't need to read the book. <laughs> Those guys were animals. They could all fight. Wow. Yeah. They just fucked their way. You think you fuck a lot? Those NASA that. guys. Forget about it. I've been on the moon. This guy makes movies. I've been on the moon. But even before they went <laughs> to the win. moon, I it win. was before that when Kennedy said we're going to put a man on the moon before the end of the century. Yeah. They were down in Cocoa Beach. We're going to the moon. You heard President Kennedy. I'm one of the eight guys. And yeah. In the history of the On it, honey. Yeah. Wow. Ooh, wow. you want to surf? And now we'll go surf. And that's no. why they all hated John Glenn because he was a born again. And he came and then he got back to NASA and he was like... Yo, they're just surfing and fucking and drinking. Like, there's nothing going on. But there was nothing to do. Right. There was no program. Mm-mm. They just made it around them. They didn't even built the Saturn rockets, had they? I don't think so. Yeah. They tried. Yeah. But um, the dinner with um, Aldrin was interesting. But there's YouTube footage of a UFO following them going to the moon, right? You've seen it. Yeah. It's pretty. I mean, it's kind of it looks like a UFO, right? I think well, it's real. anything on. Yeah. I think people get too far away from the definition. It doesn't mean there's like guys with weird heads, with anal probes. Right. It's just anything that you go, what is that anyway? Yeah, it's unidentified. It doesn't mean it's a flying saucer, but there's right. someone following them there. And I asked Buzz that um, at dinner, and he said it was probably a third-stage rocket. And I said, then Einstein's an idiot because that would imply that inertia can be reversed in a vacuum of deep space, right? I bet things, Buzz never things, thought of that before. But, but no, Buzz is a genius because this guy wrote at MIT for his thesis about deep space rendezvous. It didn't exist. So when NASA gave him the coordinates to leave the moon, he did all of his calculations and said, you guys are wrong. And they went, no, you're wrong. And he went, no, I'm going to prove it to you. And he launched at a slightly different time to deep space rendezvous with Collins in the orbiting. Um, yes. How about that? He wrote about something that didn't exist and then had to use it because he made it exist. 
You ever follow NASA? When you were on Twitter, did you follow NASA on Twitter? No, that sounds like fun. Though. Was it's it rad because they'll give you updates of like, so-and-so just opened the pod bay door and secured latch G. And you look up at the sky and go, there's a guy at fucking work up there right now? Yeah. Like, with a, yeah. like, a, like he just secured a latch wow. and I just got it on Twitter. How about with, a, with like a 16-inch or 18-inch, you can actually see Hubble like passing through that one spot? My father-in-law made, I think, made the rocket that Hubble is on. Unbelievable. That's so gnarly. With math. Forget platoon. Forget the Ruth ring. To say that in a bar to a chick, you win. I'll take, I'll take, I'll take, I'll take platoon. Really? I'll hell yeah, rocket. dude. I'll take the rocket, man. Really? Yeah, hell yeah. What's, if you weren't acting, what would you want to be as a career? Scout. A baseball scout? Oh, yeah. Just travel. That's, that's not, that's no. almost a monastic existence. <laughs> and you'd be very fat. Yeah, probably. Sitting yeah. around eating Oreo cookies out of the vending machine <laughs> in Rochester. But I just see myself in the, you know, in the tan pants. I always sort of leaning forward on my, uh, on my knees, you know, kind of with the backless uh, bleachers, you know, and just watching kids going. That okay, one. I like that guy. <laughs> What's his name? That, I've never heard that answer. That's great, Chelich. Yeah. I dig that, Scott. I don't know, I don't know what I'd love to do, what I'd have actual legitimate passion for. I think I would coach maybe kids. Yeah. Get in their head. Something where you actually can change something. Can I put you on the spot for one second? Yeah. If we get picked up, will you come to an episode? Yeah. Promise? Yeah. Okay, good. Good. I want you on the no. show, man. <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah. No, I just think it'd be, it'd be an epic show. and, and The we, listeners are like, why would he even, you know, of course. I don't know. Maybe you don't like the show. You, don't, you know. I haven't seen it. I think you'll like it. It's I'll watch smart. it now because yeah. I got you on the podcast. Nice. And I got to say this. Everyone listening, the reason Charlie Sheen is on More Stories is because I fucking asked him and he said, yeah, I'd love to. Let's do it. It'll be epic. Like, that was it. Right on. Yeah. It was so easy. There was no, like, yeah, call Larry, call Steve, call Bob, fuck all that. And there know? are no Larry and Steves. There's one Israeli Mossad member at the door <laughs> there is that a Larry, lets you though. in. My That's, publicist, yeah. And Who, uh, Larry Salters, and I gave him a good Chris Berman, Larry, do you Salters your food before you taste it? <laughs> it's pretty Chris bad, Chris right? Berman is fascinating. It's pretty bad. <laughs> I like that Chris Berman always has to do something super serious during NFL highlights. He'll be like, whoop, the Raiders, fumbling, stumbling, the G. Man, whoop, whoop. <laughs> and you know, Tom, our thoughts and prayers are with Deanna Favre in this time of passion. We'll be back with more Blitz after. Oh, like, please. don't make him make that K-turn. Just let him do his sound You're effects. Right. That's what we want to hear. You're right. Our thoughts and prayers and are with the men in service. <laughs> That's really good. And I, as much as I like back, 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 I, I got to go with Vince Scully's home run call. Much better than back. Way back. out. What is it? Uh, fly, uh, fly ball, deep left field, warning track, wall, she is gone. Vince Scully, it's, I Did wish. Did we and Chick in the same city for all those years? Yeah, L.A. really, because wow. New York has John Sterling and Susan Waldman, the two worst announcers ever for the Yankees. <laughs> John Sterling, there's a ball, cut on and missed. No, excuse me, line drive to left field. <laughs> like, how do you fucking mess up whether a ball was struck or not with a bat? You don't. And Susan Waldman's a Boston lady. She's a real child. Like, well, you know, John, goodness gracious, Roger Clemens is in George Steinbrenner's box. <laughs> it's atrocious. Oh, my gosh. What's your perfect day? Like, if you, if you wrote down for every assistant, every person in your universe, I need this day to happen, this is what I want to go down. Um, Warner Brothers decides to give me all my money at once. Half wills the mansion to me. And uh, I'm invited in a, in a, uh, a deep space uh, uh, repair mission for Hummel. I don't know, man. Uh, well, you know. That's not bad, right? Oh, and then the next day when I come back, can it be 48 hours of a perfect day? 
perfect. How about this? A perfect four day weekend. All my kids are waiting for me, and like, yeah, you go. And I'm here. I'm I'm hero dad, and I'm hero dad coming home in your spacesuit. Yeah. And the sign says, "Welcome home, Buzz." Crossed out, Charlie. Charlie, there it is, man. There it is. Uh, when is the the anger management on? When is the show actually? Oh, on? Oh, it's at Thursdays at nine and nine thirty. They um back to back, back back. Yeah, two back, backs. Back, back, back. They, Just two uh, backs. Back back. They show the episode from last week and then run the new one. And I, uh, the, the last show they were supposed to run was the one with my dad, but they flopped it. So I think the one uh, with my dad coming up is this week, the week this is on the air. All right. Yeah. You seem real happy, bro. I mean, I, if you can find like any reason for me not to be, I'll look at it for a second, but probably prove you wrong, you know? Yeah. Um, not to be a dick, just because what do I have to complain about? Like, do you hear the silence exactly. on my end? Exactly. I mean, this is a dream life, and that's why people say, well, you know, you still hate Chuck? I'm like, no. Look what the guy created for me to thrive in and ultimately to be very grateful and very lucky that the show was worth some dough and I owned a part of it, you know? And Chuck Chuck did that for me and himself. Yeah. But so I can't take that away. I fly privately. I'm like, thank you, Chuck. Thank you, Warner Brothers. No grudges? Hell no. I mean, I wish they'd have called me just once. That's all I wanted, man, just a phone call. That's all we all want. Yeah. Just Buddy Hackett call. said, never hold a grudge. Because when you have your grudge, the other guy's out dancing. Yeah, I love that. That's so much better than the AA version of that, you know? What's that? Drinking poison, waiting for the other person to die? That's Thank a good you. version. It's good, but it's got AA written all over it. You can't possibly mean it when you... Did you say AA has a 5% success rate? Yeah, it's true. How could it be true if the second A stands for anonymous? They don't release quarterly spreadsheets, you prick. Like, here's who came in, here's who left. Boy, we're really drowning. We we can't save anybody. I know. I've heard it, though, from people that know. I don't know. Um, You know, hey, man, I I was in it for 22 years, and there were some some great times, some bad times. In a row? No. uh, Around it for 22 years. I was sober for 11 years. Really? I didn't do cocaine or drink. I I took some pain pills occasionally. Yeah. Every day. Uh, (laughs) Don't go near those anymore. Won't touch a pain pill, dude. Won't touch a pain pill. Because then I have to do Subutex again. I'm going to go on the record and say Subutex is the worst drug in the history What's of the known universe. I don't know what it, it is. is. It is synthesized, synthetic. Um, like a methadone new, for a pain new pills? New age methadone. It's a new age methadone. Methadone. They're like Russell Brand, I'm catching his shit in front of the parliament saying like, yo, you got to help these people. Not with methadone. Right. Don't treat them as criminals. They're addicts. Mm. But you don't begrudge anybody that goes out. Hell no. And gets their shit together. It just didn't work. It just wasn't what worked for you. It didn't work for me. Was it the God thing? That seems to be what most people get hung up on is the word God. And then to me, when I read like the steps to go, like I go, wow, that's pretty neat. They even put as we understood him past tense. Like that's a pretty neat way to couch your bet. Sure. You think about when the book was written. It's pretty, pretty amazing that a lot of the stuff's in there written by a bunch of drunks. We didn't even have electricity, you know what I mean? That's really what's lost on everyone in AA. This is all written by a bunch of drunks. Thank you. Who were still shaking from detox when they wrote it, you know? Uh, what do you, what do you, what's your like vice of choice now? Drinking. Yeah. And women, yeah. What do you like to drink the most? Um, vodka. Any particular brand? No. Just, just a lot? Lionate Smirnoff. A lot. <laughs> do it come in glass, as Greg Poops once said. <laughs> um, but you know what's funny is um, I don't gamble anymore, you know, because really that all went upside down and sideways. And I, I, I quit, and people say, oh, you're recovering. I'm like, no, I'm retired, right? Just wasn't very good at it. And um, so um, so that's but, – but I can see – like I can feel things in my life that, that, that are supported and that do make sense based on their definition, AA's definition. I can see how gambling is a drug, and you don't put anything in your body. It's just a thought. It's a right. trip, you know? 
and I can see how there's the progression, there's this and that. And am I an addict? Am I diseased? Perhaps, if I believe in that model. Um, but I also don't believe in, in, in putting so much of all your energy and all your beliefs into, you know, one particular drawer, you know. And I will they, say- they, they, they do preach a one-size-fits-all, and it doesn't because it can't. I will say this, looking at you, you are and using AA language, you certainly are a guy who I don't think at all whose life is unmanageable. At times it is. Really? Oh yeah, I just don't go I just don't go out when that's when that's the case. But then that's not unmanageable. If it's unmanageable, I'm managing you go out. the fact that I that I didn't make a bad decision about going out and being an idiot. Yeah, you're right. That's a good point. Um I don't know why you're gonna go on like a fucking months long bender because of my pep talk. <laughs> yeah. Charlie, keep using. It's like, working for you, baby. <laughs> what do you mean I broke that wall? Jay Broadway said it was okay. Jay Broadway said it was fine. Broadway Danny Rose. It's working, baby. Oh man. Three shows I walk. Wow. Uh what role do you wish you could have played? That any not one that you were up for, but like one of all time. I Chief know you're gonna Brody. say huh? Chief Brody. Chief Brody and Jaws. Really? Chief Brody and Jaws, one of the greatest greatest roles ever. I never would. I never would have thought that was your answer. Look at this. Look at his work. He, he, his work gets lost between Shaw, and 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 uh, Dreyfus. Brody's so uh, uh, the late great Shad. So good in that movie. The wow. very last moment when they're up when they, when when Hooper resurfaces and he says Quint and and Shatter just goes no. Nah. <laughs> right. Yes. Look what he I just never... watched Quint go through. Does he ever at dinner say, hey, you know, the guy got bitten in half by that fucking shark. You should have seen it. I have nightmares every fucking night. And they're going to invent this drug called Prozac. I should probably get on it. Do they ever have that conversation, him and him and Hooper, about how Quint died? No. I don't think they do. He just goes, no. It was so fucking gnarly, man. It was so perfect. Quick platoon question. Yeah. And this is one of the ones for the ages. Like, you know, like in Raging Bull, do you think Joey fucked Vicky? Mm. When we, all right, I'll ask you that. Do you think he fucked his wife? Uh, kind of, no. I think he did. Because yeah, yeah. in the beginning of the movie, he goes, I'm your brother. You ask me once. I always give you the right answer. You don't have to ask me twice. He never answers the question. Interesting. Wow. You know what I mean? Wow. And he smashes fucking Salvi in the face with a bottle. <laughs> you know, like, what do you do? And he fucking yells at her. And yeah. she says to him in the club, the guy don't even want to fuck me no more. Like, you don't uh, say that to your brother-in-law, interesting, right? Interesting, no. Like, that's no. a real intimate. Yeah. In Platoon, okay. I just came upon this, like, last year. Okay. When Barringer goes, well, all six of you boys, I'm here all by my lonesome. Kill me. Did you think he really wanted you guys to kill him? Absolutely. Absolutely. He was in that much pain. Nothing can kill Barnes but Barnes. Barnes, yeah. Oh, hey, don't forget to go to U.S. Storage. I don't want to step over stuff. I don't want to trip on a, listen, Captain Willard helmet. Stub my toes on a damn Captain Willard. I sound like Norm. Ah, Norm MacDonald, that Captain Willard helmet. Uh, from that movie there, you know, Apocalypse Now. How about Apocalypse uh, in a second, you know? U.S. storage centers, furniture, winter clothes, Halloween and Christmas decorations, everything I don't need right now. Charlie's going to say something really profound when I'm done, so don't fast forward, you pricks. Everything I don't need right now goes out my door into storage. I vet. You should do the same. Go to jmore.com, click the U.S. Storage Center banner, get three months for up to 50% off based on availability. You will also receive a $25 moving supplies credit, boxes, locks, whatever you need. There are some of the good guys, these people at U.S. Storage. 
Uh, they support Curate.org. That's a kidney cancer research charity. And you as a customer can contribute by rounding up to the nearest dollar. They match that 100%. It all goes to charity. U.S. storage centers match your contribution dollar for dollar. Go to U.S. storage centers. Now, Charlie, as promised, give us some profundity. Um, Drop a bomb on us. <laughs> Who just left earlier? Who just left? Yeah. Uh, Brittany and her friend. All right. Thanks. <laughs> oh, you know, I, I was, I was going to say this. Um, I tell people it's never too late to get a fresh start. Huh? It's never too late to get a fresh start. I tell people they're like all buried in their own crap, you know? The greatest joy in life is to begin, Charlie. Yes. D- nice. Who, whose quote is that? Cesar Pavares. Okay. Wow. Your, your boss is really smart. Um, <laughs> um, the other one is uh, Jackie Gleason said you got to have two fortunes in this life, one to blow and one to save. I'm saving this one. <laughs> Two forces. Two fortunes. Fortunes. Yeah, one to blow and one to save. I'm going to save this one. How many for You've made about six fortunes. Three. Three. Gambled the first two away. Really? Oh, yeah, big time. What Bad. was your game? Sports. Dice. Oh, sports? Yeah. I'm the guy in Vegas who's like, I'm going to get 100 grand on the hockey, or on the, on the basketball game, lose, baseball, lose, football. And the guy says, hey, Ben Hockey. And he says, what the hell do I know about hockey? You know, it's like. Well, apparently you don't know anything. Nothing. Else. Nothing. And I was betting hockey. When you bet on baseball, that really is the death knell. Yeah. Because you yeah. never know when, you know, fucking Sid Bream's going to round third. <laughs> and a Hall of Famer is going to five hop a ground ball throw, uh, a worm burner from left. Gosh, but that play is almost as close as Munson and, and Garvey in the 78 World Series. I still don't know who's safe. Or maybe it was 77, actually. I don't think Jackie Robinson was safe when he's still home. He definitely was not. Thanks. There's no question. Beat by two feet. Yogi blocked the play. Yes, perfectly. Only good looking guys in this photo. Only good looking guys. Ed Ford. This has been more stories with Charlie Sheen. Put your name on it. Thanks, brother. You're awesome. Respect. Back at you, man.